welcome back to another episode of the... So, we got bored during quarantine and we started a podcast. Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We are your hosts. My name is Emma. I'm Sarah. And today we'll be talking about entertainment, as we try to do every week, and uh, we'll see how it goes. And to start us off, because we can never think of what to talk about ourselves, we're going to do our usual random word generator. Random. Random. Random word generator. Which is our new theme tune. And the word is dark. Dark. Oh, this is going to go well. (laughs) We had like a whole talk about all kinds of dark things in the last episode. And then Terry Crews, who's also dark in his own way. (sighs) Okay. The first thing I think is dark night, dark like your soul, black coffee, Dark chocolate. Oh, I was thinking Les Miserables. Mm. I got full on dark. Oh. Mostly because it's yeah, in my, my head since the last recording, because we were also talking a bit about uh, the word puta. Oh, don't <laughs> say that word. Okay. Well, I was, um, I, I mean, we were, there was a context to it. Yeah, there was context. Uh, so if you did want it, uh, listen to the previous episode. See, this is, so this is, okay, so this is an interesting topic of conversation, which is why are you so averse to even listening to Les Miserables. What do you mean? Well, I don't know. You just like, you You never seem to want to like, listen to it. It's such good music. I, but you've seen the, you've seen the film, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. And then felt a pit of despair inside of me. Yeah, I haven't seen the film. I don't, I don't really necessarily want to. The stage production looks very cool. Uh, I mean, it, 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 yeah. It's it's kind of that era along with everything that Charles Dickens wrote that is you know you kind of want to go cry slit your wrists yeah yeah um, <laughs> even though I'm not living that period in time and my life is so much better than theirs would ever be um, not the authors obviously the people the characters um, which are obviously inspired by actual mm-hmm. society uh, social problems. Um, yeah, no, it's one of the things that you realize, like, oh my gosh, this was society back then. It was dark. It was very dark. Yeah. Also, dark. all French. I feel like all classical French authors are just incredibly miserable. I mean, it's astounding how miserable. Zola, he's an interesting one, though, because... Emile uh, Zola. Emile Zola produced, I don't know how many books, loads of books... But what I hadn't realized until one of my last years in, in college when I was uh, uh, I was doing, preparing for my French exam is that actually all of these books are interlinked. They're all separate stories. They're not a series, but they're all interlinked. So each book is, if I remember correctly, uh, about a character from the last book or a character related to someone from the last book. So he's basically did a whole universe with his... It, yeah, so it's all kind of intertwined. So I know that, for example, I don't remember what was the name of the one I read, but the book before was about his mother. Okay. And so you have, like... Uh, I just thought that was really cool that you could have such Spin-offs. a... Yeah, and I guess also if you're a fan, then you have that kind of... That little touch of something that you're like, oh, I, I, I know what they mean by that. Because yeah. also, for example, you know, if you had the book about, the, I was reading the book about the son, uh, and then the, the book before was about the mother. Um, of course, the mother, well, depending on whether the mother was still alive or not, but certainly a lot of her story then bleeds into his story. Yeah. 
Um, so it kind of they're not sequels because they're very much their own story, but they they do kind of bleed into each other in some ways, which okay. is kind of interesting. But they're very very dark. Okay, so the dark spinoffs. Yeah, basically. It's not. He wrote his own fan fiction, basically. He did kind of. Yeah, I think uh, Amiazolo was the first, maybe the, the initiator of fan fiction. Could be. Or of spin-offs. Or maybe a spin-off. Yeah, because the concept of spin-off. But The Dark Knight, on the other hand, is... Did you find it very dark? I thought it was going to be a lot darker than people had... You know, I, I didn't watch it for ages. I only watched it recently, actually, for the first time. And people had always been like, yeah, it was very, very dark take on things. I didn't find it that dark. <laughs> You're like, not dark? You're like, I come from a French education system. Nothing will ever be as dark as that. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Just like, well, you're not going to beat that. Um, <laughs> yeah, did, did you find it very... Um, I think for Hollywood standards, yeah, it was dark. But again, it depends what you compare it with. No, that's true. Um, I think people are not used to... I mean, if you watch Fast and the Furious and you think, okay, these are action movies that probably maybe kind of similar people will go watch. Um, then, yeah, if you compare those two, it's very different. Yeah. Because yeah. there is this talk about, uh, there's like a social aspect and uh, like society crumbling and is it worth taking care of them, protecting them, or is it better just to like get rid of it all, Um, you know, kind of. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Because I, I didn't really see it that way. I mean, there, there was that part of it. But for me, it just felt like an action film that had a bit of story to it. It's like, finally, story. Yeah, I mean, something the Fast and the Furious can't really... Um, even try to compete with because I mean there's a lack of storyline well, well you don't need to have that much storyline when the majority of the movie is about cars flying tumbling over speeding going underneath trucks I'm trying to think of all the other things the cars do uh, bringing down airplanes yeah bringing down airplanes uh, you know they're all that screen time you can't have plot evolving there while the car is drifting in a car park. Unless it's Cars. Unless it's Cars. The oh, the Pixar film. I haven't seen it. You haven't? No. I've watched it many, many times. Not by my personal choosing. I was babysitting a two-year-old at the time, and he was obsessed with this. Like, what do you want to watch? Cars. <laughs> yeah. I don't even, the funny thing is, I've watched it so many times, I don't remember what it's... I don't remember most of it. I remember bits of it. Just muted. Yeah, head. I must have become immune to it. Okay, well... Yeah, I suppose it is. it is darker than, for example, The Avengers or something like that. Although that's kind of Thanos is is a little dark. I guess they tried to make it dark the last couple of movies. I think they just tried to make them have a half decent villain because I don't feel like any of them had decent villains. We've discussed this already. Oh, we have, haven't we? Yeah. yeah okay. No, we'll we'll need that topic. We need to move on. <laughs> uh, we need to get over this. But um, yeah. Okay. Well, the 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 blue. What are dark films? you've watched oh i haven't had the the ovaries to watch 12 years a slave have oh you seen it oh my gosh no i don't know if i can either i just it's one of those ones that you're kind of like ah, i i really want to see it because i think it's it's within my social duty to do so but uh that one i certainly get the impression that it is very 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 dark yeah i yeah, I don't know if I will watch it. I mean, I have because this is the thing. There's also different levels of dark. Okay. Well, if you think about, it, you have kind of dark action films, mm-hmm. which are not really that dark. No, because it's an action film. But yeah, okay. Dark Knight, uh, so on. 
then you have kind of even within that you have the new spectrum which is like the new dark i think it's dark dc that's coming out so oh. venom was part of that uh the new one who's i always forget the name but the one with jared leto who's being like a kind of vampire yeah. thing um and there's a few more coming oh black adam i think is meant to be part of that but then he got that has dwayne johnson in so i don't know how dark it can be sorry dwayne if you're listening but um <laughs> uh, he's always so cheerful but uh you know that there's all these different there's that kind of level of dark which is a bit darker than probably the avengers uh then you have darkness when you get to, like true stories and then you have darkness when you get to true stories that leave you feeling absolutely miserable at the end of it which like, i don't think requiem for a dream which i only watched the synopsis on youtube and i was like i'm not watching that because i already feel like my heart and soul has been eroded torn apart torn apart into bits um i was like i don't know how somebody decided to create this um but well, yeah it this is the drug addicts and it's just really ooh. hard this is one of those things that we had quite a few conversations about in storytelling workshops too because one of the things that i believe is really helpful to good storytelling is that actually even dark stories need to leave you with a kind of a feeling of hope because if you have a feeling of hope, if the audience has a feeling of hope, there is a will to act on it. There is yeah. a desire and there is the feeling of being able to act on it. If you leave someone without hope, I don't think it does anything. There's no kind of, you're just like, well, in that case it's just not worth it. The world's going to end anyway. Well, I think there's people who are like, oh, I'm so tired that everything's happy ending. I want to be controversial and write a story where that leaves you feeling in despair. Because I was thinking about the the one that came to mind as well was Hidden Figures. Yeah. Which in many ways is, is quite a depressing story in the sense of uh, it's about a, a very hard time. And, you know, you look back in you look back at history and kind of these girls who had put so much work into it and got none, no recognition whatsoever. Uh, Hidden Figures is the, is the story of, unfortunately, I forget the name of the... They're calculators. The, 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 they're, yes, so they're, they're calculators. I, I just remember that term because I thought it was like, oh my gosh, calculators were originally human? What? Yeah. And they're, so they're mathematicians and scientists in, uh, in NASA, the first, they're the first black women. They basically do all the calculations for the engineers. Yeah, for Apollo, whichever one succeeded. Wow. <laughs> the, Apollo 13? Or is that the movie? Okay, well, no, well, anyway. <laughs> so many of them, but they yeah. do all the calculations for, for sending uh, the astronauts into space. And I mean, uh, thanks to their calculations, they also saved a lot of lives. Um but uh yeah it's it's a it's a wonderful story but they're also yeah they're underpaid they're overworked they are treated horrendously in the they don't of, even have a bathroom they can they don't have their own the bathroom building. they have to go to a, a separate building which is ages away yeah, um I mean, there's so much parts of it but there is this underlying fe- feeling of wanting to uh you you come out of it with hope that things could change and did change yeah and that you could also be a part of that change and that i thought was very powerful i think they they named a, a, a new nasa building on catherine isn't after, it? yeah catherine johnson catherine johnson that was it um on for, for her um yeah and sorry i'm kind of, i, I kind of got distracted because i was researching i was like trying to remember uh <laughs> shame on you i know it's meant to be all improvised based on the vast vaults of information our brains have 
<laughs> whatever we can try and remember. It's incredible how you just don't, your brain just doesn't bother remembering things when you just always Google things. Like, oh, I'll just yeah. ask Google. I'll ask Google and then I, I'll read something like, oh, that's nice. I get the satisfaction of learning or no, not really learning because learning would imply I've actually kept the information in my head and I haven't. Yeah, because also the more often I Google things now, when I'm the more impatient I've become and the more I, I Google the answers, I don't retain them. No. When I sit there and I try and think about what it, who it was or, you know, I was like, who, I've seen this person somewhere. And I try to think about it and eventually it might come back and I'll be like, aha. Um, and then I feel like I retain it. Unlike when I just go, oh, yeah, OK, sure. I've Googled it. That's the answer. That'll do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, dark, dark movies. Because, I mean, you also have like the... Like the Holocaust movies that revolve around those times or war movies. Those are also really dark. I'm kind of switching back to our dark theme. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be just uh, movies either if you think about it. You mean like series, movie, uh, books? No, well, I was thinking also there's an art form that has done very well uh, being making a profit off misery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. I'm afraid what you're going to say. No, opera was what I was going for. Oh, opera. Opera. Okay. Also, I mean, also like all, a lot of Shakespeare's play. I mean, a lot of drama plays. They're all drama plays. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the first tragedy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, tragedy play. has a place. I'm just, I just kind of wonder whether, for me, I don't know. I feel like when it leaves me feeling too miserable and I don't feel like I can, there's any point of me acting on it. Well, then you're I don't like feel- a ray of sunshine, aren't you? Oh. Like a, this little bubbly thing floating around. I take offense to that. I think I'm very dark. So <laughs> just like, uh, you know what? That's what makes it very entertaining every time, you know, somebody asks you, oh, how would you like coffee? And you say, dark like my soul. I should say black like my oh, soul. That black. Because that's as dark as you can probably get. It's just kind of hilarious because it's like complete yeah, Everyone contrast. thinks that's hilarious when I say that. And I'm like, no, my soul is dark. Leave me alone. Um, anyway, yeah. So opera has done very well off Misery. Uh, and books. You, you, when you say they've done very well, but I don't, I don't see that as an art form that's growing in popularity at this moment in time. That is true, <laughs> but I think that's more because of the singing. I don't think most people enjoy opera singing. It's like I don't know what they're saying. Yeah, and it's an acquired taste. I think. Yeah. It's definitely not for everyone, but uh, also a lot of ballets are also quite miserable too. Romeo and Juliet. Story is. Is that Shakespeare's like that that plot that storyline? Is that originally his or is it yeah. inspired off another story? Oh, I don't know. Do you know? I don't I'm think curious. so. No, I think it's his. It's okay. I think it's his. Um, on the other end of the spectrum of not dark involving Shakespeare, uh-huh. there's something rotten, <laughs> which is my new favorite thing ever, which is a musical where someone had the ingenious idea to basically tell the story of a writer trying to compete with Shakespeare at the time and uh, he goes to he, he cannot Shakespeare keeps beating him at everything he's just Shakespeare is this glorious rock star um, and then this poor this poor, and his name's Nick Bottom which is unfortunate at best and then he, he um, he's like right I'm going to go see a, a soothsayer or a fortune teller I'm going to get my fortune told. And then actually he asks him what Shakespeare's greatest hit will be. Uh, and then the guy tells him what he thinks it is. And then he goes and he tells him what you should also do is make it a musical. And so it's a story about how he writes this musical, the first ever musical. And it parodies musicals as well. It's not very dark, but it is. It's, it's 
funny. It's very not Shakespeare as well. No. <laughs> uh. It's also kind of funny how they paint Shakespeare like this. Super, yeah, like this very narcissistic. Oh, an um, absolutely. Yeah, star. exactly. A narcissistic rock star is the way yeah. forward, basically. Um, yeah. What's the What's the 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 most miserable thing you have watched or read? Oh, um. At the moment, Wrecking for a Dream kind of comes to my mind. And you haven't even seen it. Uh, yeah, that's just the YouTube synopsis. That was absolutely horrible. Um, I think of Levia. Oh, was it in Italian? Levia Bell. Vita Bella. Vita Bella? No, that's not. <laughs> I have no oh, idea what you're talking gosh. about. This is. Oh, it was so popular back in the day. Um. Uh, La Vie Belle, maybe was the name of it, but yeah, it follows this family. Uh, they get separated during the Holocaust, but then the father and the young son uh, are in the same camp, and the father tries to um, create this fantasy world for his kid, so the kid never feels like he's actually in a in a camp. Okay. Um, this is sounding a bit miserable. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind and of in a nice way, but also miserable. Yeah, and it's yeah. It's a, like a sad and I remember everybody was like so you know those movies that kind of stay with you and people keep referencing it and talking yeah. about it um, but I remember going like this is actually really sad like I don't know why people keep talking about it <laughs> um, because I'm of the opinion that if it's sad and miserable I don't want to approach it anymore <laughs> how did you do in history lessons actually I didn't mind history for some reason but I guess because stories touch you you know Facts That's don't. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good point, actually. Um, it's very, it's horrible. But uh, you know, you say, oh, hundred thousand soldiers went to battle, never came back. I'm like, okay, uh huh. Next, what next data do I need to memorize for for my yeah, exam? Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's very, not... it's very, it's very hard to also visualize what a hundred thousand is. Yeah. And also, I think one thing that's really important to remember is that it's funny because if you were to lose someone close to you, that one person that would is comprehensible. Yeah. Uh, but when someone it... says 100,000, there's no like, once you get past 10, there's no way of gauging what 100,000 is, really. Yeah. Also, it's it's a bit excruciating if you start thinking, oh, well, if you, you know, you start thinking they had mothers and fathers and siblings that they left behind, beloved, you know, lovers, yeah. you know, then it start you but you but, have but that's to the story you of the people. have to make the story in your head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you're reading it from textbooks, it's just very factual. You know who did dark really well, who had a really really good balance of it. Who? Tenko. Oh. Mm. Tenko. Now Tenko is a, a, a British series, I think, from the BBC. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, and it follows the story of a women's camp, a women's concentration camp in, Jap- in Japan. Japan. In Japan. In Japan yeah. uh, so they're all prisoners of war. And it, it follows one lady in particular, but then all, all, of course, all the women who pass through. And from the moment that they are captured to the moment that they are released. Um, and it's really beautiful. It's very dark. There's a lot of very hard moments. There's also a lot of really empowering moments to it too. Um, but yeah, there's just a, that's that's one of those series that was done I thought did a such balance. a good job yeah. at balancing and it's 
I mean, especially whenever you, the idea of concentration camps are incredibly difficult to make you uplifting make, at yeah, all. Any prison camp is, <laughs> yeah. But kind of, it's very hard to make it uplifting at all. Um, yeah. But I thought that they had done a very good job at making it, uh, making it enjoy. I, I, I highly recommend anyone watch it because it's, it's a really interesting series. Um, Tenko with a K. Tenko with a K. T E N K O. Um, and yeah, it's a really, really interesting series. It's not, it's not that long, but we were hooked by it. Yeah, I think it was what one season, three, three. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's three seasons. My memory. Um, was, yeah. yeah. But that was that was I thought they had done balance very well. Um, yeah, I agree. Because it's it's not easy to make a concentration camp. Yeah, because I know I I would have been probably telling you like ah let's watch something else. <laughs> I probably. would have been up for it. Yeah. Um, Ooh, dark. <laughs> oh dear. Handmaid's Tale, which you refuse oh. to watch the end, or well, to watch even like episodes four and onwards. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that hit me a bit. Uh, bit too close to home there yeah i uh, i really i mean i'm fascinated by it but it, I, I think it's 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 dark not because you know, it, it's a fantasy world technically inspired on real inspired by real events and really freakishly possible yeah and i remember when it first came out it was like i think shortly after donald trump got elected as well yeah the timing was which kind of made it really poignant and i I remember kind of having that feeling as a woman going like, oh, no, we, we still have work to do in equality and ensuring that we're safe um, and that we have, we're equal citizens of this world. Because um, yeah, what's the synopsis? Like if, if you were to recap it, just for anyone who might not know The Handmaid's Tale, it's basically, what is it, a dystopian world? Yeah. Sort of. Uh, that's that's uh, Women can no longer, m- women are infertile. Mostly infertile, so those few who are fertile are it's institutionalized prostitution, basically. Yeah, um, and in a re- but they're also yeah, because they also have to dress up and yeah, so it's kind of they look like a, a red nun in a way. Yeah, uh, to you know, so that everyone could know that they are a handmaid that's at the service to provide an heir yeah. <laughs> for some couple, whoever can afford it, I guess, or, or they're the mm-hmm. elite. And it's slavery. I mean, like, it, it's, yeah. it, then it's prostitution and slavery. It's, oh, it's, bleh. It's a, that's a, that's a hard one. Yeah. Oh. I wonder what it must be like for a guy to watch. Uh, yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious if, even if it's common, like how many men have watched this? I think there's probably quite a lot who have. I wonder because their partner's like we're gonna watch. This. Yeah, I think, I think I'm gonna so. make you watch this, honey. <laughs> Maybe, but I I just wonder what it must be like because I wonder if you can even like if you can empathize with it. It's, I mean, it's difficult to empathize with a story that you don't you, you know that you yourself can't really you know yeah. even for us it's hard to imagine a world that's like that. But the idea of it and being as women ourselves, I wonder whether for for guys whether it's even possible to try and imagine it. Because the char- the the interesting thing about the the stories as well is that you see the story of how the dystopian world gets created. You go from our world per se, um, our social structure, um, and then sh- and then the shift into this dystopian world. So she, the main character, has a a, a partner that she's had a child with, um, and then this is all ripped apart because chaos and is ensued. So I I can't. 
think he's probably killed. So I think even as a man, you could probably see yourself as like, oh, what if my partner was taken yes, away from that's me? that's very true. Because her ovaries work, you know, she's yeah. just a, a, a machine um, or a piece of equipment. I, I don't know. And that that means you're you're in excess or I don't know for for society and you might get killed or you might send off to another prisoner camp mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah I think it I'm sure they they at least it ex, the story was expansive enough that it covered different characters mm. that's what I would like to I'd like to read the book of as well but because I'm really curious about the story overall because the book is quite small yeah. And I think we're on... There's, there's a new season coming out at some point soon. Okay. And this is, I think, at least the fourth one that oh would be gosh. out. Which means that someone has then taken it on and, and expanded it. Because yeah. uh, I can't imagine it's just that, that little one book that covers... Um, I, I imagine that's season one. Probably. I'm not sure. But I am, I'm, I'm a little bit curious about how they, how they transfer that. Because I know also that... I think with every season of the The Handmaid's Tale, it gets darker and darker. Oh no! Because I think I saw the trailer for the fourth one, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, uh, intense." Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm a bit of a chicken. I mean, we tried watching Homeland recently. Yeah, you are a bit of a chicken. Um, well, then I can't sleep. I'm gonna start like, watching Homeland things, on my own. Um, ah, uh, yeah, no, I just get into the characters too much, and then it, um, I'm living it. It's You're a bit too much. Vicariously when you don't want to. Well, at least that makes me enjoy shitty movies in the movies. You love The Fast and Furious. <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean, I get into it. I get engaged. Yeah, that's why you like Star Wars so much. Did, do I like Star Wars so much? Do I seem like I like Star Wars so much? You, maybe you've been harassing me for years to watch it. But I think just because it, it's in it's part of pop culture so much that I feel like as an entertainer you should at least know about it yeah probably <laughs> it's just there's a solid just education there that's <laughs> true okay um, yeah, I mean we did watch them and the plots was kind of it's funny how we end up always talking about them somehow yeah one way or another disdain disdain <laughs> probably that <laughs> I mean we did watch Fast and uh, not Fast and Back to the Future recently that was not dark. No, that was... But it's quite enjoyable. Yes, I enjoyed those a lot. I was like, oh, good old... I feel like an old lady going like, oh, back when they did movies like this. But, you know, you want to watch a movie that you just feel... Cheerful. Cheerful, and it was entertaining, and, you know, had all the bits that makes it feel like a good story. Yeah, because I feel like you could... I, there's only two options nowadays, which is either comedy or not. <laughs> there isn't, like, like light-hearted, enjoyable story... That doesn't seem to exist. No. It's either... Either has to be funny, and it has to be a comedy, and then I don't usually like them. Um, or it is then it becomes quite serious. There doesn't yeah. seem to be a huge amount in between of kind of just enjoyable... Well, there was one we saw recently, um, the the one about the girl who, who ran the marathon. Oh. Yeah, that was a light-hearted, enjoyable story. I don't remember the name of it, but oh. basically the premise was just... A, I think I had looked for a kind of feel-good films, and it was like... She decides to lose. Uh, to, she wants to lose weight. And she wants to take up running after a breakup, or is it after a breakup, or to find a man. I don't remember. But anyway, she takes up. She takes up running. And it's just. It's not a. It's not really a comedy. There are funny bits in it, but it's just a good kind of feel good story. And I feel that those yeah. those are a lot more common in the nineties. <laughs> so. Yeah, perhaps. I, mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
trying to think of what other things because I've even tried watching a few series um like the hundred and the Shannara Chronicles because yeah. I'm a huge fan of like well kind of dystopian although we just talked about The Handmaid which I did not like or I could not stomach um I, I liked it, but it was just too... Too real? Too, too, yeah. Um, but then these other... These two series I mentioned, um, they're like aimed at teenagers, but they've made them so vapid and repetitive. It's like, I'm sure teenagers can take slightly more complexity so that I can enjoy it as well. <laughs> <laughs> so me as a 34-year-old woman can enjoy the story. Yeah, basically. But yeah, no, they've just made them like, this is the formula and we're going to repeat it every single episode and everybody looks really skinny and hot um, and we're always hot and bothered <laughs> or dramatically. Yeah, there's a lot of sexual tension that goes on. In, yeah, in, just like, sexual teenage, tension. That's it. Yeah. And it's like fantasy stories. Yeah. It's like, we're going to make you guys think a lot about this because yeah. you don't have it in your hormones already <laughs> enough. Yeah, ex- exactly. You don't have it in your vicinity. <laughs> I, I don't could... I don't mind sexual tension. It's just when that's all there is, it gets a little boring, you know? It's like But maybe that is just teenage life. Maybe. Just nothing other than sexual tension. My gosh, I am old. Sadness. <laughs> well you're two teenagers, let's put it that way. <laughs> what? You're two teenagers. How am I two teenagers? Or if you're two two fifteen year olds put together, that's a thirty year old. Uh actually you're 34 Uh so that's uh, we're missing it thank you for telling we've got two teenagers and toddler that's what you are (laughs) all right Haynes, we've come to the end of our episode Ah, we have yeah we're we're out of time oh my goodness i don't know if we've provided you with any kind of interesting content who knows but um thank you for listening if you're a guy and you've watched the handmaid's tale i'd love to hear your take on it yeah I'm yeah really do you curious. do you empathize like what is it that makes like what is it that creeps you out well, yeah yeah what does it make you think yeah I'm, yeah let us know anyway thank you very much for listening if you would like to follow us you can do so on facebook at boredom and quarantine or you can also follow us up in instagram at boredom and quarantine podcast um or you know if you want to drop us an email you can also do that at boredom and quarantine podcast at gmail.com Yep, so if you want to get in touch about The Handmaid's Tale, that's the place to do so. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we have been your hosts, and we will be back again next week with another episode about something probably quite random and entertainment-based. Thank you for listening. Until soon. Bye-bye. Was there more we supposed to say at the end? I can never yeah, remember. Yeah, we usually say the podcast name. Oh, that's true. Thank you for listening to Borderman. No, that's it. Thank you for listening to us at the... So we got bored in quarantine and we started a podcast. Podcast. Until soon. Bye-bye.